I'll go ahead and just uh, record and all the way official this special edition during the Rona Chronicles of For the Taste, uh, which we continue to, to love to talk about the business, the boxing, and a little bit of BS to keep things happening um, on most of your streaming platforms. Follow at For the Taste Show. If you've got Spotify, hit up Spotify because I need to get these these ratings back up, especially in the boxing category. We started moving over to more of the, the social and pop topics, which is cool. Anywhere where you can get some action, you get some action. But uh, I think these next couple of weeks, because of this show truly being based off of being a boxing show, I just miss the sport being around. I thought it made sense to be able to talk to some people that are in the, the game in different facets of it and just get their perspective on what they're seeing. And I had the privilege to be able to have a conversation with this good gentleman alongside a couple of fighters that are finding their way through the pro ranks. Shouts out to Black on Track Entertainment. Our good man Bishop at Black on Track, we had the conversation and it was good and we wanted to have a follow-up just to be able to, to talk more about directly what your angle is in the fight game. So the good man Juan from Arsenal Boxing is for this episode of For the Taste. Juan, go ahead and let the good folks know a little bit about, uh, first off, background on Arsenal Boxing, if you don't mind. Yes, sir. And, and thank you, CJ, for for, uh, for having me on this call and being able to uh, discuss a few things that are going on right now. You know, with everybody being locked up in our houses and limited on the things we can do, it's always good to have some type of interaction with everybody on the outside, I guess. So, yeah, Arsenal Boxing. Arsenal Boxing started uh, last year as a uh, boxing management company. It's uh, I pretty much handle uh, with, with the fighters that I work with. I handle on day-to-day operations, and that includes everything from sponsorships to getting fights to negotiations, contract negotiations, uh, and all the other fun things that actually come across or that uh, that play into to uh, to a fighter's career. And more importantly than that, uh, you know, getting to know these guys and actually build their brand and prepare them for, you know, life outside of boxing as well. So I, I like I said, I started this probably about a, uh, probably about a year ago, uh, just under a year. Uh, before that, I was working with a small company here out of Las Vegas who um, they managed uh, several different athletes from several different sports. Uh, I primarily worked with the boxers uh, that he was dealing with at the time, one of them being uh, still a good friend of mine, uh, Dennis Douglas, mama's boy, okay. uh, who, yeah, who we did the uh, the podcast with a couple weeks ago. Right. Salute and, to mama's uh, boy. Salute to the camp. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, so yeah, man, and I'm just here out in Las Vegas uh, waiting for everything to get back to normal so we can get our, get our fighters back in the ring and start getting back to normal life. So about how many fighters do you currently have under your management team? Uh, right now, I work with, as far as dealing with their entire career, I work with two fighters. Uh, one of them is Delenn Parsley out of New York City, Gleason's Gym, and the other one is Paul Anthony. Well, Delenn, I'm sorry, Delenn is 12-1, and one, uh, four knockouts, 160-pound fighter. And then uh, Paul Anthony is 3-0, two knockouts, uh, and he fights at 140 pounds. Currently talking to a couple other ones, but we've pretty much put our negotiations just to the side right now until everything kind of dies down and we get back to normal, so. Which is totally understandable in this current situation. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. You know, you don't want to. I don't want to sit here and feed. You know, tell them that. Uh, you know, everything's. It'll be all right. We'll be good. We'll be good in a. When reality is, we don't really know. So you know, I told uh, the couple guys that I've been talking to. You know, just stay ready. Just stay in shape. You know, we can pick up where we left off once we get a better understanding of what's actually going to be happening. 
Now, you know, if my memory serves correct, you also have a fighter that's East Coast based in New York, correct? Yes, that's uh, well, actually, both of them, Paul and Glenn, both of them are actually at a recent gym at a, in uh, Brooklyn, New York. Now, with them being out in that part of the country, which is, you know, obviously the epicenter of what they have going on with these coronavirus reports, uh, mm-hmm. thoughts and prayers to that region of the country, and hopefully they can recover sooner rather than later to be able to release a lot of potential respirators and PPE to other parts of the country to make sure that we can, like you said, get things back to normal and get back to moving around, including the sport of boxing. How has it been for your fighters to be able to adjust? Are they keeping up with any kind of workout regimens? Are they being able to keep their mind focused? They're younger fighters just starting their career. So are you doing something to make sure at least you can you know, keep tabs with them, make sure that they stay in good spirits? Yeah, you know, the, the thing is, is that, you know, these guys, it, it's not only boxing, like they, they work out on just a regular basis, like they're constantly in a gym. So for them to not be able to go to the gym, it's, it's actually a little bit difficult for them to maintain their focus, I guess, is, is, is a way to put it. Uh, but they're doing what they can, you know, they're doing a lot of online workout videos, because some of both of them actually are personal trainers as well you know they're, they're trying to stay focused uh, you know the good thing about both of them is they both got good heads on their shoulders so you know they understand that their health is, is extremely important uh, you know i talk to them at least on a weekly basis a couple times throughout the week just to see how they're doing and checking up on them making sure they're you know not going stir crazy just sitting in the house uh but they're you know they're handling it fairly well they're they're working out when they can but you know both of them have said that you know there's nothing like being in the gym and training and being around other fighters and your trainers and the camaraderie that comes with uh, with being in the gym. So, you know, they're doing what they can right now to, to stay healthy, first and foremost, and to uh, to still just try, try to stay uh, focused on what's going to happen, you know, down the line. So, And, well, I mean, that's keeping them in positive thoughts and them. And doesn't matter if it's the fighters that are just starting out in the game, you know, seasoned veterans, champions, they're all going through it right now in some kind of way. Exactly. These are the times where they might wish that they would have fought three times or four times a year just because it'll remind them how much they truly did love the game before anything else, even though it is a violent one. It still is what yeah. makes them whole. So yeah. we know that we've got some situations where we're not going to have any fights, at least let's just say for the foreseeable future. I mean, and that's all combat sports because even with the renegades and rebels like Dana White, who in the 11th or I guess 11th and a half hour pulled his event for his UFC card where he was going to put mm-hmm. it in a, a native property allegedly and, and quarantine everybody into one property with no fights going on in the foreseeable future. First question I would have for you is, do you think that with fight cards coming along for, let's say, the club show line, that you'll see more co-promoters and, and regional promoters working together on cards versus trying to do individual cards? And do you think that that'll actually benefit fighters such as yours that'll have platforms? platforms that they can kind of jump yes so i think you know strictly speaking on unboxing in itself i think the silver lining to this is that you know once uh once everybody is able to get some shows together and, and cards are starting to happen again club level up to you know main event type status big cards i think it's going to create it's going to create more of a working uh, relationship between 
all the different promoters that are out there. I mean, everybody knows the different, you know, politics or is, I think, I think it was you that said all the politics that come along with boxing. That's part of the game. Exactly. It is part of the game, but I think there's going to be a lot more shows that are probably going to be co-promoted because the reality is that all these promoters, you know, they sign their fighters. They have to contract contractually get them fights, a certain amount of fights a year, I should say, you know, obviously this is a screwdriver or a wrench in, in everybody's plans. It's going to be able to, I think, I think personally, it's going to create better working relationship between a lot of these promoters so that their fighters can get on different cards. And I think once it actually starts happening again, I think there's going to be a lot of cards just happening back to back to back to back because they're going to have to. And I, I was reading um, a statement from Bob Aaron the other day stating that it's even going to cause a lot of these shows to have uh, lower prices in their tickets. Absolutely. Uh, just just to bring everybody in, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you still can, even though, you know, maybe this is an extreme example, but, you know, Canelo's fights right now, you know, you're paying well into the thousands for floor seats. I don't, I don't really see that happening for a while anyway. I think it's going to happen later on down the line. But I think right now, just to get these guys going, to get these events going, to start having money, to have revenue generate again, I think they're going to have to lower the tickets, the ticket prices. They're going to have to make things a little bit more affordable for the average fan. And more importantly, it's going to give a lot of these guys an opportunity to, um, to get on some of these cards and stay active, stay as active as possible. I can definitely see that. And, you know, the one benefit that I would say boxing does with a silver lining is it can be in concept done for reasonable cost, but also minimal people. Mm -hmm. And it's still a TV friendly format versus some of the other sports. You know, every other major other you say the major four sports, they've talked about some kind of way of bringing the, the, the game back without fans. And when you think about it, that would just seem odd. Think about trying to watch an Angels Tiger game, and they show Tiger Stadium, and there's nobody in it. It just we've seen that before during you know strike seasons and after natural disasters, or when the teams just suck, and we always complain about it. Just it comes off odd. Yes, some people might be Mm -hmm. thirsty, and they'll be okay with watching it, but after time, it'll look unappealing to the eye, and it'll lose its focus. Boxing can get away with basically doing the band box shows, and I think if promoters are okay with letting some of the gate go and they can find other ways to generate revenue which will be challenging during this uh, current period that's going to come up but it still is possible to be able to get that and that thirst for all sports fans to at least take a look including the casuals might give us a shot no i i agree you know it it is kind of weird you know that when you brought up, you know, empty stadiums or empty arenas or whatever the case may be, I watched the last UFC card that they had in Brazil, I think is when it was, there was no audience. It was almost, it it was eerie. It it didn't even seem like it was an actual sanctioned fight, like a real fight going on. Like I felt like I was watching, you know, some sparring session. It's just something, something about an arena filled with, you know, 10, 15, 20,000 people that just, I mean, it makes it just something completely different. And when you take that away, you know, it's it's hard to really get into it. But I do agree that there's there's a lot of other ways that, that they can generate generate revenue, bring in new fans. You know, a lot of these apps now, live streaming apps, I think those are a great way to to keep everybody in tune and keep everybody connected with what's going on and keep them, you know, connected in the fight game and, and just sports in general. So, you know, I think I think there are a lot of avenues that they can, you know, come up with and it was I'll be honest with you, I was, I was a little shocked to see that, that Dana White was still going forward with UFC 249, but I guess they uh, they ended up pulling the plug regardless and told him to cancel it. So. 
which I'm thankful that they did. And it's not because I don't believe that they could essentially quarantine their areas, regardless of what you may think of how, you know, it's just there's so many different words I got stuck in between uh, the COVID-19, how it attacks. It does tend to do more on folks that aren't in the best of conditions or have pre-existing conditions. Yeah. And you would consider yeah. that most of these mixed martial artists are going to be in prime condition or somewhat close in this short period of time. It still would have given a bad feeling that it's okay to still go out overall and basically just say, damn, whatever your governor, your city saying, because if these guys are doing it, I mean, I just started cage fighting. I've got one fight. I should be able to go outside too and then just multiply that you know mentality you could yeah. say to have more people going out and believing that it's okay it's we don't need sports that bad to be able to set something that we can't guarantee is not going to have another mm-hmm. consequence that could be even worse because the, yeah. the fact of the matter is, is until we can get actual concept of here's how we're going to be able to diagnose what's going on here's how we're going to be able to address it to the, the whole world or at least the mass majority so we can keep everything else in check it's okay for us to just have to take a pause in a lot of ways it's okay for the fight game to take a pause because this is the moments where some of these networks will be thirsty for content again Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know the crazy thing is i was actually talking to mama's boy a couple days ago you know we were just just chopping that up a little bit just kind of talking normal you know a little bit about boxing but just talking everyday life you know he had a a really good point he says you know all this you know all this i think there's a lot of people that are focusing primarily on the negative which is understandable i mean there's a lot of tragedy that's going on right now of course he says, but, you know, for those, for, for everybody else, look at this as a reset. You know, this could be the reset button. You know, let's, what we were doing, what was going on before, let's fix it now and then let's move forward and let's, you know, let's go on with our lives once all this, you know, is is, is uh, under control and, and they figured all this stuff out. But, you know, like I said, he had a good point. You know, this could be looked at as, as a reset button. You know, let's, let's focus on that sometimes. So. Yeah, and it gives a lot of folks the time to be able to reset, as you said, and lean into things that they've had that passion to do, but they swore up and down that they didn't have enough time to actually look at it. Because mm-hmm. if you're still out there as an essential worker or if you're you know, at home, you still have more time than you used to because, to be honest, not as many things are open in the majority of the country. I mean, if you're talking about mm-hmm. where we are, if it's not a Lowe's or a Walmart, I don't really know what you're doing. Oh, Circle K, you can go flood all the yeah. Circle Ks and then drive around. That's basically it currently in Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. So the opportunity keeps you active to try to figure out what you can do for yourself. It doesn't have to be something that's going to change the world, but it might change the view that you have on the world if you just at least try to lean into it a little bit more. Yeah, no, and 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 I, I completely agree with you. I mean, you know, some people are looking at it as, you know, and it's a time to catch up with family. You know, a lot of a lot of people, they work so much that they, they're hardly ever home, you know, and some people, like you said, they've always been looking for that, that opportunity to have just a little bit more time to try to start, you know, something new. Like, obviously, you can't go out right now and, you know, hit the streets and start your own business, but you can start planning it, you know, saying you can do the research for it. You can get everything that you need to get done, you know, from the comfort of your home and, and really focus on, you know, some of the things that you want to do. So, but yeah, man, I, th- I think, um, you know, some people they're, they're using it as a way to, to get ahead, you know, focus on, on, you know, the other things that they want to do in life. I would agree. And it, it's going to get itself better. That's the one thing that we have to remember is these things will eventually get themselves better. And when mm-hmm. they do readjust, where will you be? at because there's going to be a vacuum of a lot of lost situations but there's going to be an opportunity for folks that are at least willing to either try something different
different or engage in what they can earn something that keeps them happy. Yeah. Because it's going to be there. The structures might be a little bit different once we get to the other side of things. But the fight game will still be around. So what made you want to get into the fight game as far as on the managerial side? You know, it's, it's always been something that I wanted to do as a kid. You know, growing up, I grew up very typical Mexican-American family where boxing was pretty much a religion. You know what I'm saying? We grew up constantly watching, you know, the Tuesday night fights, you know, uh, the big the big Tyson shows, Johnny Toppy, all those guys. You know, I did amateur boxing for a while, uh, for or I should say for a little bit. And then after that, you know, I just realized, you know, getting in the ring, you know, getting punched in the face was not necessarily something I wanted to <laughs> to do for the long run. I love the sport right. and I love everything about it. But, you know, I wanted to look at behind the scenes. I wanted to I wanted to see what the guys that you don't see on a regular basis or the people, I should say, that you don't see on a regular basis, what they did and what they did to actually make everything come to fruition. You know, I did a little bit of time in the military and then got out when I came back. When I came back to Las Vegas, when I got out of the Coast Guard is when I really started, you know, doing the research and started to hang around the gyms and started to meet the different fighters and, you know, see exactly, you know, what it took to to get into it. And then, like I said, you know, a couple of years ago, I started working with that small agency. But it, it didn't work out with them. And then I figured, you know, I'll, I'll do it on my own. You know, this is still something that I wanted to do. This is still something that, that I had a dream of doing. You know, being able to see something blossom, you know, like seeing, being able to see the fighter from the day they sign the contract, go through their training camp, all the ups and downs of the training camp, the weigh-ins, and then getting to the fight and then experiencing it on a fight night. It's awesome. I'll be honest with you. It's, it's a great feeling. It's, it's, it's good to see that you were part of this and those people are, those fighters are up there doing what they do and you were a part of it. You were helping it. So, you know, to me, it was always something that I wanted to do and be a part of it uh, in that aspect as far as behind the scenes and kind of make everything, everything, uh, you know, come to light. So it's just always something I've always wanted to do since I was a kid. You know, I figured why not, <laughs> you know, get it done before I'm dead, you know? Well, salute to the journey and figuring out your way to be able to stay around the fight game without being able to get upside, hit upside the head. So. <laughs> Easy lesson right. learned earlier in, yeah. in your life. Good on you. But that's, <laughs> that, that's cool, though, that, that you you gave yourself a way to be able to keep yourself engaged within the fight game, to mm-hmm. be able to pass it along to somebody else. And as you said, see that excitement of a young fighter going from signee to in the ring. And when you talk with people that may not necessarily be, uh, let's just call the casuals of, mm-hmm. of the fight game that like to watch boxing whenever there's something that they can catch their eye that's a cool commercial, you hear the fighters and they that the question where they say why are they saying we because the we is somebody like you you mm-hmm. know that's why they're saying we because they know that yes they were in that ring by themselves going through that combat and there's a journey that they have to go but yeah. they wouldn't have had that focus and that determination and that guile to get through that without you doing your part to get them to that point and in a lot of ways helping them get that damn fight yeah yeah you know the the the, the first aspect of a fight being able to to just get a fight you know it's not really as easy as i thought it was you know before i started doing all this and it's really not as easy as a lot of people think it is you know i hear a lot of people like you said casuals oh just sign a contract it's it's really not that easy you know you have to find you have to find the fight you have to talk to the 
promoters? Do you have to talk to other managers? You have, there's so many discussions that go into to just saying, okay, we're going to fight on this date, on this card, in this location, you know? And then the rest of the team kicks in along with the fighter and getting him prepared physically and mentally for the fight. Uh, like I said, man, there's a lot of ups and downs, and you know it. There's a lot of ups and downs that, that go into training camp that, you know, majority of the general public do not see and they'll never really experience. Right. But it's uh, it's definitely a journey. You know, it's, it's a saying that uh, a friend of mine that I know out here, he's a trainer. His name is Fareed Samad, brother Fareed. He actually trains uh, Danny Jacobs, right? Okay. Um, but he said one time, boxing is a team effort, but an individual sport. So we're going to help you get there. But once you get in those, once you step into that ring, it's all on you. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, but yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely a journey, man. And it's definitely a fun journey. At time. Well, it, it'll be on the positive path. Just, just stay with it. Your fighters are solid from the information that I'll be able to pick up on the interwebs of them. So I think you'll be fine as far as them being able to, to potentially fight for a strap here in the not too distant future once things start picking up. The question I would have is, are you okay with your fighters potentially having to you know travel or take lower splits to be able to make some of these fights happen, especially as we said um, earlier that some of these promoters are going to have to work together to be able to make some of these cards work? Yeah. You know, the thing is, is I always try to, to optimize as much as I can for my fighters. I try to get them, you know, w- what they deserve. Uh, but the reality is that, you know, especially in this time, we're probably going to have to take a, a little bit of a pay cut. We're probably going to have to go in somebody's backyard. You know what I'm saying? I mean, there's there's some things where we're, you know, probably going to have to just bite the bullet and just and just do it. The land, uh, like I said, he's 12 and one. I'd say within the next four or five fights, if that, you know, we're going to be at least in the top top 10, you know, in some of these organizations. So with him, it's going to get uh, a little bit trickier because obviously, the higher rank you get, the more stipulations that come in each fight contract. But with him, he's totally understanding that, you know, he's going to have to do what he has to do in order to get there. Uh, Paul said he's a younger guy, 3-0. and So he's, you know, we're, we're really building him and, and, you know, I'm letting him know like, it, it, we're not going to be making million dollar paydays right now, but we're going to get there. And you just have to trust me that I'm going to do everything I can to make sure that I take care of you, they take care of you, and, and you're in good hands. So, so I think overall, uh, both guys, you know, they understand that they have to sacrifice a little bit, like I said, and especially in this time, in order to get where they are, they're going to get and, or get where they want to get and make those fights happen. So, Well, the best of luck to be able to make sure that they still have all the dreams fulfilled that they put into their career. But I do believe that the economics are going to be scaled down, not only from the fighters that are just coming in, but even to folks that are used to getting paydays off of pay-per-views because some of those pay-per-view yeah. dollars also included splits at the gate and yeah. gates are going to be tough. Mm-hmm. You could easily see Vegas all lines and a lot of sporting events being how Vegas was post-recession in 07-09 where you could literally stay on the strip for $6 and still get fed every time of the day if you wanted to and they'd give you a gaming credit. It, mm-hmm. It's going to be interesting times to see how we'll be able to get people back in because as much as people might love their favorite sporting events and their favorite teams, a lot of that still has to do with you sitting within a foot to a foot and a half of yeah. another person. And, yeah. and that goes back to our thing that we were talking about earlier with you can still control it better with the fighters in a closed circuit environment and at least trust that you're getting content out. And I think that that can end up happening sooner rather than later. I, I, I'd probably say before we get into the fall. Mm-hmm. No, I, I agree with you. And I think that we were discussing earlier, you know, you got a lot of these live stream uh, apps, you know, ESPN does a great job when they put their, their shows together. The uh, zone puts on a good show, you know, and several other uh, events that they have going on. Even if you look on like Facebook live, like some of these events uh, that they're putting on, it, it's good production. And I think it's still a way, like we were saying earlier, it's still a way for the fan to 
stay are connected and to be able to still watch you know their fighter without posing that risk you know so so yeah i i, I think it's a good idea and i think they're they're probably going to start leaning towards some of those in the foreseeable future so so when they do end up getting these platforms back that some of them have better programming during these slow days and others the zone they're going to need to be able to put fights out there so yeah. i'm going to have a quick q a with you if you don't mind and just let me know your thoughts on some things that may or may not happen in the next 24 months just to give the, the fight fans an idea all right first one up within the next 12 months earl spence terrence croft no unfortunately no yeah well I, you know you know they're talking now and everybody make it a big deal you know they've been talking on the phone it, that they're not going to do that as soon as fights can come back you wouldn't want honestly them to jump right back into the fryer just like something like that and this is even before earl had his accident i wouldn't want to mm-hmm. see that and that's just me the fight fan and the economics out notwithstanding it just wouldn't be a good fight i think no. they both would need to get a fight coming back in to be the best versions they can be for that fight because then it wouldn't matter if you put it in a small venue or if people are willing to come back and actually watch it it'll be a great fight yeah and and especially with with how you know we keep saying that they're going to have to take some cuts like these promotions uh promoters they're going to have to take some losses they're not going to be able to offer them the money that they both want right away you know and that's also going to be another detractor you know errol spence had his accident he hasn't fought since and now this happened you know so and bud he's he stays pretty healthy and he stays you know he's pretty much always in shape but still, I, w- I would wait to hold that off a little bit longer, put it on in, you know, 16 months, maybe 16 months or so, maybe maybe a year, you know, maybe another 2022, maybe, you know, but, you know, we'll see. Okay. Do you think that we'll actually get the Lomachenko versus Tiafimo Lopez fight in the next 12 months? Because rumor has it is that Tio is already bursting at the seams at 135. And when you watch him fight, he does rehydrate pretty well. Uh, Yes. And yes, I think that one's going to happen a lot sooner than, than, you know, Crawford Spence. And that is biggest reason is, is Loma's already at his physical peak. He's not growing much more. Teofimo, how old is he? 23, 24? 23 going on uh, 24, somewhere around there, or he just had yeah, a birthday. Yeah, somewhere around there. Like he's, he's growing and he's, he's not going to be at that weight much longer. And I think it's a great fight. And, and yeah, I do see it happening a lot quicker. So if that's the case, then... On the other side of this, let's just say 135 mythical tournament, do you see Devin Haney, Ryan Garcia, or Javante Davis, Ryan Garcia happening in the next 12 months? Man, I don't see I don't see uh, Haney Garcia happening within the next 12 months, primarily because both of them are still extremely young. Another big reason I think Devin Haney's experience and talent is much better than Ryan Garcia at this time. Ryan Garcia has a lot of potential to be, you know, one of the very top guys in whatever weight class he decides to fight in. But also, Golden Boy made a very huge investment in him, and I don't think they're going to necessarily throw him in with a Devin Haney or Javante Davis anytime soon. I think uh, Oscar's going to stretch that out a little bit longer. Now, as far as Javante Davis and Devin Haney, I think that one might actually happen uh, quicker than any of the other ones because I'm a fan of Tank. I like Tank. But when you look at all those guys at that weight class, I think as far as who's been tested, who hasn't, I don't I don't think Tank has necessarily fought the best opposition. I think when you get somebody who's so much taller than him, actually has movement and can avoid those those big power punches that Tank throws, I think that's going to cause a lot of problems for Javante. So I kind of see that one possibly happening a lot sooner than, you know, say Garcia and Haney. I understand the line of thinking. I'd say... I would still think that Garcia versus Tank ends up happening before because neither one of them want to see Devin Haney. Tank, 
I don't think that his discipline has kept him at 135 for this reason. It should have kept him at 130, if anything, because he, mm-hmm. like you brought up, he's short. Yes, he can still crack, but at 135 punching up, that's different than at 130 when you might be punching up maybe one or two inches versus this three, four, five. They're yeah, gonna, exactly. you know, they're, they're gonna try to line him up with Leo Santa Cruz, which. Leo has always been a TV-friendly fighter, a delicately crafted career. Tank comes in at version, even though he's at a weight he shouldn't be at. I still can see Tank Davis winning. It won't be by knockout fashion because I can't see Leo being that far gone. It'll be a fight that Tank can win if he is in a proper place. He's got some legal battles going on that I will not touch because it's tough to to get uh, legal representation. And I've seen what Team Mayweather's trying to do out there. It's not because I'm afraid of them. It's just the fact that I ain't got the bread to be able to cover it right now. Yeah, but he's got yeah. those things going on. But if he comes in anywhere near what he should, that's that's a fight that he can easily win. Let's just put it mm-hmm. that way. Outside of yeah. that, at that at one thirty five, there's no easy way out for him. So mm-hmm. if they're going to go ahead and quote cash him out, then you might as well go with the easier and the lesser two evils. And I see that personally as working with De La Hoya with Ryan Garcia, even though match room with this DAZN deal, who knows how that's going to play out right now with mm-hmm. the the fact that a lot of people that had that app, they've canceled subscription because quite honestly, they don't have any content that's worth carrying. I'm raising my hand virtually. I canceled mine. And I've I've kept a lot of applications during these times just to have other things to watch. But that was just one that I didn't because there's really nothing on there. Uh, Mm -hmm. But let's just say they come back with the same economic dollar that they had before. It's still something that Golden Boy can make work through the DAZN channel. They don't need to use the matchroom lane because he's Canelo's boy. You know, like Canelo's going to put his name onto the sauce, too, and, Mm -hmm. and be able to get the best split possible. So I can see them making that fight if it was out of the lesser of two evils versus Devin Haney. He's going to be the one that's left out. And with mm-hmm. Lomachenko already saying that he's more than likely going to drop down after he gets this Tiafimo fight and, you know, T.O. going up, the likelihood is you could see a Devin Haney going up who's not too small to be able to go up to a 40. And depending on his timing, he still might go into a good situation because the yeah. next question I was going to have for you was with Jose Ramirez versus Josh Taylor to basically unify 140 in the next 12 mm-hmm. months. Yes, I see that one happening. Which way would you lean in this matchup? Man, I like I like Taylor. I think he's he's a talented fighter. He's he's got a lot of skill. But Ramirez is he's a beast. And seeing the way he came in, I just had a brain fart. Hooker. Maurice Hooker, when they fought, honestly thought Hooker was gonna go in there and control the fight. But Ramirez proved me wrong and he proved that he's got a lot of Ramirez is a talented fighter so I think that fight is definitely going to happen in the next 12 months and I think that's going to be a big selling point for uh, for both promoters to actually get uh, some people obviously it's I don't know if that's necessarily going to be like a worldwide event but it's definitely going to be regional you know for for whichever wherever they decide to hold it I think it's going to bring in a lot of people because both of them know how to fight both of them love fighting and I think that's going to be a very big fan friendly fight believe it or not that will be a fight where I can see that they would get people to travel to Vegas to make that fight happen. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with you. Just because of what both fighters would be potentially bringing to the table. And even though they could get more favorable splits in prospective hometowns, I can't see either fighter giving up that much more of the pie, knowing that we're all going to be taking a haircut in this fight game uh, Mm -hmm. in their perspective to not bring it to Vegas. Because coincidentally, my thought is, is that when business does open back up, the properties that still have the war chest of funding, they are going to overpay for site fees. And even if they're just putting the events on in their convention centers with minimal crowd they're still going to do it because they know that that is a site fee that they can put 
their events into and get their branding out and basically say, hey, we're still open for business. Whenever you feel cool to come back, we're already here kind of thing. So it'll be interesting to see. Now, let's just say the overall cash cow, the, the king of activity in the sport, Canelo Alvarez at 168. He does run the roost. Has Billy Joe Saunders put his foot in his mouth too bad to actually get the fight that he was projected to get that had to be canceled for May 2nd? You know, I, I was I was talking about this to somebody the other day. I think personally, the bad press that has now followed Saunders because of a very uh, well, I'm going to say it, a very stupid comment that he made, a very stupid video that he made. Absolutely. I, I think he screwed up. You take into a, or into account everything that's going on right now. Uh, Golden Boy in the zone, they have to pay Canelo a certain amount regardless of what happens for his fights, right? He's contractually bound to make a certain amount of money each fight. Billy Joe Saunders negotiated fairly decently, from what I understand, to get as much as he could out of this fight. So this fight then starts to happen again, and they start negotiations again. They might say, you know what? We can get somebody else and still generate a decent amount of money, sell out an arena, and we don't have to pay them. You know, we can pay them maybe half of what you're making. So I I, I think Saunders kind of kicked himself in the ass for that one. I mean, he he really shouldn't have done that. But I I I, I think I wouldn't be I wouldn't be completely shocked if that fight still happens. I'll be honest with you. I personally feel they're gonna go a different route when that time comes to to start talking about that fight again. They were already bringing up that Triple G was committed and willing to fight Canelo, or I guess you say the other way around. Canelo is now willing to fight Triple G in September if that's when fights come back up. The last question that I had for you, being a Vegas resident, do you believe that that fight will end up happening in September in Vegas? In September, yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I think I think it's going to happen out here. Canelo has a huge fan base out here. Canelo, our uh, Triple G has a huge fan base as well. He's very big in California. He has a lot. He has a big fan base in California. And it's a short drive for a lot of them to come out here. I think it's going to happen. I don't know if it's necessarily going to be something to the extent of, you know, at the new Raider Stadium or even T-Mobile. I think it'll probably be, uh, you know, Mandalay Bay or MGM. It's probably just because Triple G is more on the downside of his career, I think uh, could be a very valuable option for uh, for Canelo and Golden Boy. I would agree. You know, and the likelihood is, is that, that they're going to have to put that event in a smaller venue just for the aesthetics and because if they want the gate to look more more fulfilling that's the way that they're gonna have to do it exactly I don't, I don't see them say a year ago without any issues they could have already been setting up for this fight and potentially put 50,000 butts in the seat mm-hmm. in Allegiant Stadium I was about to call it Alley Giant I'm not going to disrespect <laughs> them. Uh, I'm not going to disrespect them now they got the name on, on the side of a shiny new building so uh, right. <laughs> good on them I, I used to think that they were sitting there on uh, hitting the, the low side rent of the game but Obviously, they, they must be doing okay with their financials. Right, right. So I, I thank them for helping to keep that stadium uh, and the construction on and going. And exactly. And the city will be fine. Uh, Juan, any final thoughts that you want to leave with the good folks? You know, where can they find you? Where can they find their information about your fighters? And just to be able to, to know who the, the next man up in the behind the scenes of the next great fighters contacts are going to be. Yeah, absolutely, man. You know, follow me on social media platforms. I kept it simple, just Arsenal Boxing. My website is ArsenalBoxingLV for LasVegas.com. You know, feel free to shoot me an email, shoot me a text, shoot me a direct a DM, whatever the case may be. I always enjoy, uh, you know, just 
just BSing about the sport, just talking, you know, in general, meeting other fighters, meeting other managers. So, you know, follow me on there, interact as much as you want <laughs> and, uh, you know, let me know. But I, but I will say, you know, whoever's listening to this, fighters especially, you know, take this time to, to get your health right. Take care of yourself. Take care of your family. That's first and foremost. Everything else will pan out. Everything else will get back to normal and everything else will go back to the way it was, you know. So take care of yourself right now. Take care of your family and, and enjoy this time. Uh, it's time off a little bit. So Nothing else I could really say on top of that right there, man. That's that's a great closing <laughs> remark. That's one to, one to grow on for your ass. No. <laughs> Dude. Yeah, Yo, and, and definitely, you know, thanks for thanks for for having me on here, man. I I really do appreciate it. You know, I was lucky enough to meet you when we uh, went on Black on Track Entertainment on his podcast, on Bishop's podcast, a few weeks ago. I had some really good conversations on there, and you know, I was impressed with uh, your background in the sport as well. You know, it's 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 good to see other people within the city, uh, you know, helping each other out, get, getting their getting each other's name out there. You know, so it's it's all about support, and it's all about helping each other out. So you know, I appreciate. Thank you, man. Absolutely. And being a Vegas resident, it's more than important to me to make sure that we do our best to be able to raise Vegas back up. And what you're doing for not only the culture of the fight game, but also the economy and the people of Las Vegas is a necessary thing. So we want to make sure that we salute anybody that's willing to do it. And obviously, when we can start to get fights on the calendar, I'd love to be able to have a further conversation. And then most importantly, when your guys are able to get back on the shows, you know, by all means, this will be a platform that you can come to with your fighters and be able to speak their piece. And we'll have some video and interesting ways to be able to make sure they can cut the content down and have it where they need to and do our best to be able to help you out. Awesome. Absolutely, man. Thank you very much. All right, Juan, be well, be safe. You take care of yourself. And uh, everybody that listened in to For The Taste, we truly appreciate you. Make sure that you follow at For The Taste Show on IG at show underscore taste on Twitter. Make sure that you follow somebody that has nurse or EMT or first responder in their background. Because without them, we wouldn't have a chance to have an opportunity to have things back to normal in the near future. Until the next time we're able to chat, I am signing out. Juan, we thank you for the taste. Until the next time, we're out. Thank you.